What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to the Three of Seven podcast. Bear with me for just a second. I'm about to tell you a really cool behind-the-scenes story from the beginning of Three of Seven Project. But first, let me start with this. The hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley. And it was full of bones. And he caused me to pass by them all around. And behold, there were very many in the open valley. And indeed, they were very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, you know. Again, he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, surely I will cause breath to enter you and you shall live. I will put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you, cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a noise and suddenly a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to bone. Indeed, as I looked, the sinews and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them over, but there was no breath in them. Also, he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, Thus says the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied, as he commanded me, and breath came into them, and they lived and stood upon their feet, an exceedingly great army. All right, guys, why am I reading that to you? Because an interesting thing happened uh, about a year and a half ago. When I had first gotten out of the Navy and I was just kind of trying to get my feet on the ground, I went and was a guest on Team Never Quit podcast with uh, Marcus Luttrell and his crew. And it was actually really the first big podcast I had ever been on. So, man, I was I was totally green. If you guys go back and listen to that episode, I think you'd probably get a good a good laugh out of it because um yeah, it was I was just in a different place as far as my transition and, and my life. And so anyways, I'm sitting here having the conversation with Marcus and his team and we take a little break. And everyone leaves the room, and it's just me and Marcus Luttrell sitting there, and we're just kind of staring at each other. And all of a sudden, Marcus just, out of nowhere, quotes this scripture to me that I just read to you guys. And this is Ezekiel 37, the valley of the dry bones, and he quotes this entire scripture here that you guys just heard 
and nothing else is said. And I just look at him. And pretty much I'm just like, Roger that, man. I don't know what this means, right? But it it was uh it was a pretty powerful moment. And then, you know, the the rest of his team comes back in the room and we carry on with the podcast like nothing ever happened. Now you guys won't hear that if you go back and listen to that episode uh, with me on Team Never Quit. You guys won't hear that because it happened behind the scenes, right? We were we were on a break, but it was very interesting, and and I always knew that for some reason those scriptures would play a big part in my mission from that point forward. And it's hard to explain how I knew that, but I knew. This was an old prophecy from thousands of years ago about how God can take this valley of dry bones and literally put fresh uh, flesh and sinew upon them and call breath from the four winds and bring this valley of dry bones to life, thus becoming an exceedingly great army. Well, as my journey has unfolded before me, I've realized that is my mission in life, is to raise up an exceedingly great army in the name of Jesus Christ, as I'm a servant to him. So I'm now beginning to see how this scripture is playing a part, is actually being acted out in the world that we live in today and through the channels that we have, like the 3 of 7 podcast. And it's happening It's happening. Thousands of messages and testimonies. An exceedingly great army is being raised up. Warriors that are hungry to experience the abundant life. Freedom, strength, knowledge, wisdom, understanding, peace. It's happening. Why are we talking about this right now? Essentially, I'm, I'm just leading you guys into the introduction to some new content that we are about to start creating called Resurrected. Resurrected. That's exactly what was going on in the scripture that we just read, as this valley of dry bones was being resurrected. All right, so what is resurrected? The definition of it is to revive the practice, the use, or the memory of something, to bring new vigor to. All right. That is what resurrected means. What is resurrected? Resurrected is going to be free content 
that we are going to provide to the supporters of the 3 of 7 podcast. There's a thing that we have called Patreon where you guys, if you enjoy the podcast, can go and support the podcast monetarily. So the highest tier on our Patreon is $25 a month. Those are our VIP Patreons. And I am so thankful for each and every one of you guys that have made that commitment to the 3 of 7 podcast. And I have been thinking, how can I give back to you guys? And so Resurrected is that. Um, it, it'll be starting in November. So this will be done three Sundays a month. It'll be me, Blake, which is the co-owner of 3 of 7 Project, and my co-basic course instructor, and Nathan Hicks. Nathan is a mentor of mine. He is a pastor. He is also a co-instructor at the basic course. Extremely solid individual. So you'll be hearing from one of us for three Sundays every month. Now again, this will be starting in November. November 7th will be the kickoff for you guys. If you are a supporter, a VIP supporter on Patreon, I will be posting a link prior to the kickoff of Resurrected on Patreon. This will be a private link that will only be visible to you guys. and You guys will be able to join in. Guys, this is not a life coaching program. This is not a um, self-help. This is not a... Uh, motivate you. This is not about business. This is not about entrepreneurship. That is not what Resurrected is about. Resurrected is going to be a deep dive into my testimony, why I believe the way I believe the experiences that I've had that have led me to believe the way I believe. All right, it is going to be a Bible-based content group, family. And that's that that's what it's going to be from my end, all right? Now, Blake and Nathan, they will obviously have their own style that they bring to you guys every episode that they host. Um, but again, that is the vision of resurrected. The goal of resurrected is to pour back into you guys, to give you something special, to give you a deep dive into the principles and the reasons and the, the stories behind why I believe the way I believe from a spiritual aspect. You guys know 3 of 7 Project is all about the body, soul, and spirit. This resurrected content is going to be all about the spirit. And the objective is 
to raise up an exceedingly great army. That is the goal. That is what Resurrected is. So if you're interested in supporting the podcast, go and join us on Patreon. Again, Resurrected will be exclusively for our VIP Patreons. It's going to be an amazing journey. I expect to have thousands of people as part of this journey because I know I know it's just going to be unmatched. Look, we're not calling this a Bible study. We're not calling this church. We're, we're, we're breaking all the rules on this one, all right? If that's all right with you, I think there's a, there's a lot of negative connotations around those words and around religion and around all that. Okay, that's not what this is. This is personal. This is a journey. This is totally unique. Anyways, I'll attach the uh, Patreon link in the show notes of this episode if you want to join us, if you want to support the podcast. We greatly appreciate it. If you don't, no big deal. I'm honored and humbled that you listen to this podcast. It is unbelievable, the support and the numbers that I see for the 3 of 7 podcast. It's just, I never expected this. So thank you guys so much just for tuning in, just for supporting, just for listening. I love you guys, each and every one of you. Today's episode is with a good friend of mine named Jeff Forrester. Jeff is a solid dude. I've spent one-on-one time with Jeff. I know him well. I know his family. Uh, I have no issues endorsing Jeff Forrester as a solid individual. So Jeff has written a book called Unleashed Potential that is just jam-packed from cover to cover with really cool stories and principles. So I have read the book and went through and just really highlighted some things that really stood out to me. And, I, and, and we dig into those parts of Unleashed Potential during this podcast and really break them down. Fun conversation. If you don't know Jeff, go follow him on Instagram. Get you a copy of Unleashed Potential. It's a great, quick read, straight to the point. And I think it will help you in your journey. It's, it's helped me. So thanks, Jeff, for putting out the awesome content. I hope you guys enjoy this episode with Jeff Forster. He's been on the 307 podcast before. So here he is again. Hope you enjoy. Jeff Forster. Radio check. What's up, man? Jeff, you're always so on time, brother. <laughs> I know I was having to turn the TV off, otherwise I would have been on at six thirty. <laughs> <laughs> what is up, man? Look at you! Last time I talked to you and saw you, you were in a basement, <laughs> uh, dude. Well, 
Well, yeah, we've definitely moved up a step from the basement. That's for sure. <laughs> so uh, not a big step, but a step. Hey, it, it's all about progress. <laughs> That's it, man. <laughs> well, I saw that I um, saw that the pictures of your kitchen. Oh yeah, that was. I remember a, we were talking. You were like, "This is an old kitchen, <laughs> buddy." That was a journey completing that kitchen. That's for sure, yeah. man. <laughs> Brother, I've been missing you, man. You've been on my mind a lot. And um, first of all, welcome back to the welcome back to the three hundred seven podcast. That's awesome. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> returning guest here, Jeff Forster, um, great friend of ours, uh, huge, huge supporter of three hundred seven project. Um, great leader, great individual, now author. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Jeff and I have spent some time together one-on-one. We've ran together. I've stayed in Jeff's home with him. So we know each other, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's, you know, so, I, I mean, you know, I just want the audience to know where where we're coming from, man. Uh, and, and Jeff reached out to me. He's, he's, put a, he's put his heart and soul into a new book called Unleashed Potential. And you know, Jeff sent me a book. I have I have copy number seven, which is really cool. And it, what's here's what's weird about it is I didn't plan that to go that way. <laughs> I, I mean, that is that's wild to hear that because I thought you did that on purpose. Yeah, no. But I got copy number seven, and um, you know, it's it's just there's some awesome content in here. And Jeff, you I know you you hit Brooke up and wanted to know if. You know what? What we kind kind of could do to get the word out, and I just looked at Brooke, and I was like, "Why the crap don't we just have Jeff back on the podcast to talk <laughs> about, uh, you know, the journey? Not only the journey of, you know, what it took to to put this piece of work together, man, uh, but some of the content of it, so the listeners can know about it and freaking get a copy and get after it, man. I like it." So I'm pumped to have you. Thanks, man. This it's I love seeing you. I love talking to you, as you know, and and you have been really on fire because I saw you back in February, and it seems like it's been a freight train for you since February. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you've gone around the world. You went to one side of the world and back, and you've been all over the country. It's been it's been really really cool to watch all the stuff that you guys have been able to do. Well, I'm going to go ahead and tell you right now, brother, we hadn't been able to do it. They, they sent, they, somebody, they, there's a higher power that's, that's guiding us along this journey, brother, because, I, uh, I, I don't even understand it, dude. I mean, I do. Well, yeah, I, I guess yeah. When, when you think about what's happening, but you know, a buddy of mine the other day asked me a question, Jeff, and I don't mean to get off topic, guys, if you're listening to this, but a buddy of mine the other day asked me a question. He said, tell me how all this came to be. Like, how did you get to where you are right now from, from a, you know, as a civilian, you know, in, in the, the year I've spent as a civilian and, uh, and I'm trying to explain it to him and I realize I don't even know how it happened. I, like I don't, I can't even I can't even give you a, a timeline or a series of events. It just freaking happened, man. And so praise God, brother. Praise Amen. God, man. 
Well, um, it was like when you were here and you've to- told this story before about how that you had that vision and you just gave it all up. And it's it's true. It's like when you give that stuff up, the amount of, of I guess, uh, of, that you're able to prosper after that is just unbelievable. I mean, it's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed, brother. Let's talk about you a little bit, Jeff. I, I want to <laughs> okay. talk about, I want to first talk about the book, okay. Unleashed Potential. Um, I, I've went through and highlighted a few portions that were very impactful to me. Um, I kind of want to go through it. If you don't mind, I would like to read a few just short quotes from the book sure. uh, that were impactful to me. Um, and and again, these are not all of them. These are just a few that, you know, I, I don't want to, we're not going to read the whole book on the podcast because I want people to read it. That's and, right. <laughs> and, and so I want to, I want to go through that. And then I want to talk about the, uh, the journey of actually, you know, getting it done, man, because I'm envious, dude. I'm envious of, of the work that you've been able to, I'm, I'm proud of you, but it's really cool, man. To hold, dude, your name's on this thing, man. I know, and my cool. picture's on the back. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. It is really cool, man. So that's that's kind of the flow. We'll go first. First of all, I, I guess we can start with what drove. I mean, what what drove you to to do this? What was the inspiration to do this? What was the, I guess, the mindset behind it? Yeah, and it's a great question because it was. It's always been fluttering in the back of my mind, but then. I would sit there and go, I'm just Jeff from Florida. What? Who's going to want to pick up a book and read for me? There's over 8 million books on Amazon. And so I was like, what? There's no reason for me to write a book. There's nothing, you know, aha that I can tell that is going to just blow somebody's socks off. And so for me, it was like I started with putting some modules together to just get some of my thoughts down on paper if I was going to help somebody and coach them. I needed something there. And so where the book came from is I originally, our friend Adam Davis, and, and this is where I know that you're a firm believer in this, is that you know I was on Instagram, he was on your show, and I really liked the stuff that he was putting up. And so I turned on, I was like, well, you know, I'm going to keep up because I hate scrolling through Instagram and missing stuff. So it was probably about 10 o'clock at night. And I was getting ready to sit on the couch. I'm like, well, let me just turn on notifications from Adam. So when he puts something up, I can see it. And I'm telling you, Chad, within five minutes, ping, it comes up. And it said, Adam Davis put a, you know, notif- you know, posted on Instagram. So I open it up and it's a picture of Taya Kyle. And then it's her giving him a, a recommendation on using his services for digital marketing and those type things. And I've wanted to learn a little bit more about that, had a cell number on it. Well, in this day and age, there's so many people that put those robot cell phone numbers up there. I was like, well, he's just trying to capture stuff, but you know what? I'm going to text him, whatever. So I shoot a text and within 30 seconds, Hey brother, what can I do for you? (laughs) And so we went back and forth. And so it was really neat. So we arranged to get together and talk about digital marketing. So the very first thing he's like, well, what do you do? What are you selling? What's the thing? So I'm telling him about these modules and in the best Adam way, he goes, you need to write a book. And he just, that's all he said. I was like, I'm not writing a book. We're, We're here to talk about digital marketing. 
And he's like, okay, but you need to write a book. You've got a book there. <clears throat> and so that imposter syndrome was going through my head. It's like, nobody wants to read my book. It's not anything that's going to knock anybody's socks off, whatever. And so he gives me my homework. We do it. Then I call him back the next week. <clears throat> Have you thought any more about that book? And I was like, man, I don't know. And it, I could, it was, it had spin, spinning in my head for a week. And he's like, I can help you write that book. And I need, you need to write the book. And so I said, okay, you know, and I'm, I'm somebody who likes instruction. And so he's like, I'll walk you through it. Here's the first thing you need to do. Now, this sounds like a joke. This, and you'll wait for the punchline. He's like, I want you to type active features on the front page. I know that's not going to be the title, but just type it and then write down 10 chapters and what you want to cover in each chapter. So I did. Then he said, call me next week. I was like, okay. So I call him next week. He's like, now write four points under each one of those chapters of what you want to cover. I was like, okay. He's like, call me next week. So I call him next week. He's like, start typing. <laughs> I mean, it just, it literally went like that. And, and it was a, a very interesting process because all this happened after I saw you, like you came in February and this happened probably a little bit around, well, towards the end of February. And I started writing in February. And so we had this plan that I would finish my brain dump and writing by June. Well, then COVID hit. So I had some extra time. Next thing I know is I wrote the book by April. You cranked it out quick. I, I couldn't freaking believe it. man. I'm, I'm telling you, it was unbelievable. And that's what was great about him is not only did he teach me how to, to create the framework of how to get started, but his encouragement that he provided and his direction and just that constant support and mentoring through the process just kept me going and it just kept building momentum. And he just kept saying, just, just do this and, and you'll get through it. And sure enough, I went through it and it was incredible. So I know people listening can't see it, but you can see it. That chair right behind me, Deuce was my son was sitting in there. He was playing his iPod or iPad. And so I'm typing away and I finished. And so I, I just kind of had this weird, just rush of excitement go over. And I just turned around and I was like, buddy, I finished the book. So he gradually looked up <laughs> from his iPad and was like, well, dad, that's awesome. He's like, and you know what? If nobody buys that book, you know, you wrote it and you could be proud of it. I was like, okay, that's why I wrote it, you know, because of the, of what it set for him, the example for him and my daughter and Tammy and some of those people that knew, because nobody had read it yet. And it was truly, I prayed every time before I would sit down and start writing and I would just type. And it's just, for me, it was just story after story that came out and examples that, that just really helped me get through life. And that's what I'm hoping that when people read it, that they can realize that they can write their own book and they need to write their own story and not let somebody write it for them. And that was, that was for me, it was just getting out 30 years, actually almost way more than that. Cause I went back into my childhood and it was incredible. And my mom read it. And then she's like, I've learned more about you. And that, that I've ever known. And, and then I feel bad. because I'm like, well, my mom doesn't know me, but I've just lived in my head for so long. Yeah. And so to be able to put that out there was just, it was very therapeutic for me and helpful for other people as well. I think, well, I'm going to tell you, I mean, I got, I got a lot of stuff out of that 
and you kind of dug into the process a little bit there. We'll hit a little more on it on the end of how you really found time to get this done um, in, in, in that timely manner. But, you know, this book, Unleashed Potential, uh, it is it is a book of sto- it's stories. It's it's you present a principle, and then you follow it up with multiple stories. And that's what I love about this book, man, is because the fact that you have a story for every principle that you present tells me that you've lived it. That that you're not just regurgitating information. And it is a book of stories through and through. Jeff has filled this book with stories and, and lessons learned from real life. And, and that really was cool, dude. And, and whenever somebody is teaching from, from, from a story or an experience that they've had, it tells you that they're not teaching from theory because they've lived it. And, and that was one thing that really struck me about Unleashed Potential. You did a really great job telling the stories and putting it all out there, man. And even being super vulnerable. I mean, going deep with the stories and, and in depth. I mean, that that took a lot of. I mean, it took a lot of courage because this is essentially your your life and and all the impactful experiences that you've had wrapped up between you know the front and back cover. And it's not theory because you got the stories and you got the experience to back it up. And I love that, man. So I, I wanted to highlight that is is one of my favorite parts about um, Unleashed Potential is the fact that it's a book of stories that that back yeah. up solid principles. You could you no. couldn't have done a better job, you know. Well, thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I and, mean. And it- well, because it's and people, you've taught me that, and I've watched you. You've shared example after example of your life, and and you look through people who um, talk about the struggles that they've been through and the successes that they've had and the lessons that they're learning, and that's what makes you connect with people. At least that's how I connect with people. Uh, and you just see it all throughout history is when people are doing that, they talk about it, and then people go, "Okay, well, that's just like me." That's it, brother. That's it. And and a true, I I mean, look, man, if you're going to take advice from someone in life, if you're going to take life advice, you know, there's a lot of life coaches out there. There's a lot of this and that out there. And big names too, man. Big names. They don't have stories, man. They're, They're regurgitating information. That is dangerous. If you have, if you don't have the experience to back up the principle, you don't you you don't have you don't have the right to teach anybody anything, man. And and essentially, the, that's the story. I think is provides a two piece value. One being what you're saying. It's great to people love to read stories, hear stories. That's how we connect as human beings. But it shows. That you that, that that you have some le- you have legitimacy legitimacy you know what I mean you have the experience to back the principle up man and the other thing I wanted to talk about man was that imposter syndrome and you know that is something that we all deal with I don't care what your experience is I don't care how the the depth of your knowledge. Um, what you've done, how how far you've been, 
you're gonna it, it happens, man. It's a weird thing about us humans, you know. And and maybe and maybe this doesn't apply to everybody. Maybe it's just the guys that are kind of, you know, kind of uh, more more humble guys like like you and I are. But I get that imposter syndrome all the time, man. When we take, you know, we'll take a, a, a class out for the basic course, and you know, there's been times that I've thought, you know. Uh, what what qualifies me? Uh, like how how who am I to tell these people this? And then I'm like, oh yeah, uh, I am qualified to do this because I've got the stories and the experience right. to back it up. So then it, there go there again, it just ties back in to having those stories and those experiences to fall back on in order to really defeat that imposter syndrome because it's a lie. It's it's lies. Oh, yeah. I don't know where they're coming from. It's and it's weird. You you talk to any really strong leader, influencer, if they're good, good, you know, men or women with with a little bit of humility, they'll they'll all tell you the same thing. They've experienced that same thing, man. It's these weird agreements that we make with ourselves of just we're not supposed to do that. It's not, I, I shouldn't come from that position of adding value. It should just be that I do it because I want to do it. And, and it's weird. It, it's it is, really man. weird that, and, and I know we've, we've had these conversations where you feel weird charging people for stuff, Yeah, you know, and it's like, I want to give people my book, but I got to realize that I need to sell some books, you know, That's um, it, but it's these, it's this agreement. And I was realizing it a couple weekends ago of like, where does that come from? And like you said, I don't know. And I don't know if it's, we've been, we don't want to seem greedy or um, insincere of wanting to help somebody when we put a dollar sign with it. Mm -hmm. And that's, that was, that's really hard for me because I just genuinely want to help people. And then I was watching this thing is that with, with wealth, you can help more people. Yep. I can support my family and I can do different things if I can generate wealth. And this isn't a, a get rich conversation. It's just one of those agreements that I had made with myself of, well, if somebody wants to pay me, then they'll pay me. Or if somebody wants to do something for me, they'll do it for me. And that's not, I don't think that's the attitude that God wants us to have. He expects us to be, be bold, be confident, be, you know, enriched with who we are and have an abundance mindset. That's what his kingdom's all about, in my opinion. Yep. And we have to own it and we can't have those, like you said, the lie that we're not allowed to be confident instructors or coaches or whatever we want to call it with people because, he gave us that talent. He gave you the talent that you have and you owe it to him to share it with people. That's it. I mean, bro. that's just, just where it's at. Yeah. 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 You owe it to him and then you, you owe it to your fellow man too. I mean, that's the way I see it too. You know, that's, that's a big driver for me. It's like, you know, if I, if I squander, if I squander the lessons that I've learned and don't share them with others, that's a disservice to my fellow human not that not that I'm anything great or, or that you know anything like that, but I've got to at least put it out there, man. You know, I think you're you're like a moderator for these people more than you are. Like you're teaching people skills, but everybody that I've I've seen post the the basic course, it seems like you go out there 
and you just you're moderating their awareness of who they are and what they come in contact with. I mean, it's just like story after story. You're just you're the vehicle that's there to help them find and tap into that person that they've always wanted to. And it's like you gave them permission. I mean, that's just when you read all those Instagram posts. And I had a chance to talk to one of the guys that was on your basic course. I think it was the second one, Zachary, of just the the impact that was made out there. And a lot has to do with you and Blake and, and Nathan and, and going out there and doing that stuff. But it sat, it was more of them having this moment that you facilitated for them that was really the aha. And that's what's really cool. That's it, man. It is exactly how it happens. You're right. It's just being intentional about facilitating that. I think that's the that's the main part of that specific experience, you know. But you have to charge for that. And that's that agreement. It's like you have to do something yeah. because there's costs that are involved that go along with that. And by doing that, just think if you would have held that back and never felt like the need to do that, or, you know, you, you guys were inspired. It's like, let's do this. Let's make this an offering. I mean, you've already changed what you've had four classes, 32 lives, not to mention the three of you, every time you go out there, you get enriched. I mean, that's unbelievable. You're right, man. And, and it is something that we held back on for quite a long time because yeah, we didn't know, didn't know how to price it. Didn't know if anybody would even want to pay for it. You know what I mean? And, uh, and I've, I've been down that road and I'm still, I still walk down that road with every new idea, every new experience, every new product that, that we can, you know, dream up. It's, it's, uh, it's kind of a recurring thing, but we're getting better. We're getting better. That's for sure, man. So, well, Hey, I want to, I want to go, go through real quick, unleash potential, this book is laid out in a really a really easy to read format. You did a great job on the layout of the chapters because it flows very well. Um, I feel like each chapter builds upon itself, and you you started out the book with basically the the first two chapters are getting to know you as the author, and then as the reader, the importance of getting to know themselves. And, you know, this is something that I think is, is really, really not talked about a whole lot. The importance of, of getting to know yourself and especially getting to know your strengths and your weaknesses, man. Um, and I wanted to read a portion right here that was really impactful to me out of this chapter. Um, and Jeff really digs into what it means and how to know yourself and knowing yourself here, he's talking about knowing your strengths and weaknesses. He says, strengths and weaknesses work together, and neither one should be avoided. We know we have both, but our humility keeps us from wanting to brag about our strengths. Ties right into the conversation <laughs> we were just having. Whether they are or aren't, we think they are. Or confess our weaknesses because we will be judged. Focusing too much on either creates an imbalance and inefficiency. Spending too much time on your strength can provide some success, but eventually you will reach a ceiling because your weaknesses cap your potential. That right there was just, that (laughs) quote right there was mind-boggling to me, especially the last part where you talked about spending time and focusing on your strength 
is going to get you some success, right? But if you're not really trying to improve upon your weaknesses at the same time, you're going to hit that glass ceiling, man. And, and I, I just to be totally honest with you, I felt that in my own situation, in my own life. You know, it's so easy to just hammer away at the things that you're strong at and forget about the things that need a little improvement. And then you're exactly right, man. You you plateau. Um, where did that, I mean, that is a strong, strong paragraph. Where did that come from? I mean, how did you dream that up, man? I mean, Oh, I didn't dream it. Yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> I know didn't you didn't dream, dream it, it, but it had to get out of your head onto the, like, where did that come from, man? Well, because I just, I had re reflected on me and my life and the thing, I was accomplishing things professionally and I was, I was moving ahead, but then there was, there were things that continued to come up on a regular basis that, that were holding me back and, and eventually shifted my life differently. And it was because I avoided those and I wasn't willing to work on them. So we'll use a, another example of like running. So when we go through things, I can run, I can get out there and try to grind it out and just run mile after mile and then try to push it and, and keep going. But if my nutrition is all jacked up, I'm not going to be the best runner that I can be. Yeah. I'm not going to perform. You look through history, the the whole story of Sparta and the 300 um, Spartans. Yep. It eventually, their demise. They held off, and what they're thinking is they killed tens of thousands of people because of the way the phalanx of their shields that they created. 300 guys held off this massive army that just kept pouring people after people after people. But their ultimate demise was a small little mountain pass behind them that they were able to get around. And as long as you could get around behind them, mm. they, were, they didn't have any protection. And that was ultimately what took their lives. And that's no different than us. It's like just thinking of those things that we constantly are facing and then thinking of the things that we're avoiding and thinking we could just power through stuff. You know, for me, you know, I talked about it was self-esteem. I had to improve that or I never was going to even just move my potential a little further ahead. I had to get through that. I had to figure out ways that I can help improve my self-confidence. Yep. And that was one of those things that's happened and and it continues to go and, and it continues to move forward. I, I'll have a step back, but then I, I'm very self-aware now that those are the things. And, and it was interesting. Like once I took the power away from the weaknesses by admitting them, that was like the first step, just admit it and then just move on. It's like, yeah, I'm not good at that. I'm, I need help. And so you hire a coach or you, you find a podcast, you find a book, you talk to a preacher, you talk to your wife, you talk to your husband, whatever it may be. It's once for me, once I could just say it, all the power went back to me. Yep. And that's what I think when you, when people avoid the weakness, they're giving their power away to that thing, that one thing, and they're never going to accomplish what they want to accomplish. Well, and let me tell you how this is applied in my life. That's a great, I mean, that's the totally a, a really great example of what uh, the, the application of that principle right there in my life. You know, you say, you know, you, you go and, and maybe 
get a coach or get something to help you work on it on a weakness well in my life it's like well i need to hire somebody so in the business world as an entrepreneur what you need to i need to hire somebody because like my strengths and i'm just being honest here my strengths are, are the creative portion of coming coming up with the experience um teaching just really just boots on the ground speaking that type of stuff so the creative portion of it um and then my my weakness would be and we're, we're, we're going to recognize a weakness here because one of the next chapters is the value of recognizing a weakness um so this is okay and one of my weaknesses is is the uh, really the the more of the backside or the behind the curtain stuff, creating a a group email, um, keeping up with uh, requests and this and that and all, you know, and and that man, it's like, so what do I do? I brush it under the rug, right? I just I just brush those things under the rug, right? And I continue to just hammer, hammer, hammer on the things that I'm good at. But then I hit that glass ceiling that you talked about because, you know, at some point it doesn't matter how much I create or, or how good of an experience I can host or how well I can teach a skill or a mindset or a tactic. If I can't put it out or I can't support the requests of the people that want the product, it's worthless, man. And that's that glass ceiling you're talking about. I feel it, man. It's just a solid principle. And don't sweep that weakness under the rug, you know? And I do it. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm admitting it to yeah. you right now, man. I guess yeah. that's why that statement hit me so hard. Well, because it, it, it hits us all. And, and that, it hits me. I know. I'm not going to speak for everybody. And, and you just gave a, a really good example. But that's 100%. It's like the more you sweep it under the rug and you avoid it, you think it's gone. It's not gone. No. You, know, you talked about starting a fire and you think of the power that a little ember can have. And if it goes un, um, like unnoticed and nobody pays attention to it, that ember over time can all of a sudden burn down 8,000 acres in California or yeah. whatever it may be but it's noticing that and then taking care of it if you really want it to go away. And that's that thing is that you were saying is that, that all that you swept it under the rug, but then that ember caught the rug on fire and you're like, wait, what's going to happen? You know? And, and if you hadn't noticed that you wouldn't have the success that you're having now, or at least, you know, the, the you're moving things forward because you've realized that and there's no shame in it. None of us are perfect. None of us are top notch in every aspect of our lives. I'm not. Well, I, I, I mean, I'm be honest with you. I, I am uncomfortable admitting a weakness. It made me uncomfortable to just tell you what what my weakness is from a from a business standpoint. Let's not even dig into my personal life. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> right. It's like it's uncomfortable, man. And. That's why, you know, in the, the following chapters, you talk about how to capitalize on your strengths, but then you also talk about the value of recognizing a weakness. And that, the, the title of that chapter right there, 
um, gave me gave me the strength personally to just admit to you right here on this show what my weakness is as an as an entrepreneur from a from a business standpoint. And because, awesome. you know, there is value in recognizing that instead of sweeping it under the rug, man. So that that one hit me hard. Freaking kudos to you on that <laughs> on that paragraph. All right. That was amazing. And so, yeah, the next two chapters, like I said, Jeff digs really digs into that. We're going to move forward here um, to another portion of the book that that was really impactful to me. And Jeff, the the, the title of the chapter is why does it always come down to communicating and this is one portion of this that that really resonated with me and it starts with jeff says remember what i said earlier about news and information it's it about news and let me start over remember what i said earlier about news and information is just data stripped of emotion until we attach something to it when i read a text or email I assign what I think they are saying versus just absorbing the data. Did I read it differently because I like or dislike the person? Question mark. Do I read it differently because I'm upset or emotional? Question mark. Therefore, our own internal communication is so important to pay attention to and to correct. The reason this one got me is essentially you point out the fact that these emails, these text messages, all these ways that we try to communicate with each other is raw data with zero emotion attached to it. And we end up attaching our own emotions to it. However we're feeling that day or whatever's going on in our lives. And we can completely misinterpret or interpret the information that's trying to be passed to us from whoever's on the other end. And this is something that I really try to be conscious of in my own life in a way that I have people on a regular basis text me or email me about business, whatever it may be, whatever's going on. And I will, about 80% of the time, just instead of responding to that text, I'll pick up the dang phone and just cold call them, man. Because I don't want to even respond to that text. Because, I, like you said, it's just raw data. You know? And, and sometimes that's okay. 20% of the time, that's okay. But it is not an efficient or a safe method to communicate with each other whether it's personally or professionally. So is it okay for me to be picking up my phone and cold calling people 80% of the time when they send me these texts about business or, or some some serious matter? Is that, is that cool? Is that a solution? I mean, for me, yeah. I mean, because then you actually have context. You have feelings. And, and that's where, as we've continued to move into this, and I'm 100% guilty of this, this quick text, I'll answer when I, when I can, or the email, or because then that creates something. It's like, well, wait a minute. He didn't text me back, right? What, what, he's mad. What, what, no, he just, maybe his phone died and it's in his pocket or it's in the car or, or whatever. And we do that. And I think for me, I've got to get better. We'll, we'll admit weaknesses here since you gave one is 
I've got to get better at not just responding back is picking up the phone because clearly they were there. And it's funny, you'll have people that will text you and then you call them back and then they won't answer the phone. All the time. I'm like, you just sent me a text message. And they're like, well, I'm somewhere. Well, then you shouldn't be texting me. And I'm guilty of that. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that means that the people that I'm with, they're not getting my full attention. And so it, it's it's a challenge. And I feel as, as we are moving forward as a society, we become, we're becoming more and more divided. And a lot of it's because we don't have this interaction. Like it's okay just to communicate over email back and forth. And I had an old colleague He's like, if I had to send one reply back and it, another one came back, I just picked up the phone because clearly there's not anything that has been communicated effectively for me to get my point across because you just asked me another question after I answered it. So I'll just pick up the phone. Man, I like that. I like that a lot, dude. And I, I think I think adhering to this, this principle or, or this – piece of information that you've included in your book uh, as recognizing those those messages as just raw data and and, and realizing that you're not going to get uh, uh you're not really most of the time you're not going to come to a real meaningful solution through that form of communication i think is a way to take not only your business but your relationships to the next level man is just spending a little extra time to make Dude, usually, it, usually another reason I, I'll pick up the phone and call, usually I'll spend less time if I can just talk to the person than going back and forth on text or email. I mean, have you experienced the same thing? Yeah, yeah, almost all the time. So why do you we, know? why, why? I don't know. I, I really don't. I don't know if it's because you're protected because it was one of those things growing up is that you called somebody instead of, seeing them face to face. So like for me in high school, if it was a, a girl that I liked, it was easier for me to give them a call to ask them that tough question because then I didn't have to stand in front of them. So now I feel like people are sending text messages because there's even less of a connection. Mm -hmm. So I can, it's why trolls are so prevalent on the internet because they don't have to stand in front of you and face the music and say what's what they really mean. Mm -hmm. Because you know, a lot of these people that say stuff if they were standing in front of someone, they would not say that because they would probably get popped in the nose or just, or they just wouldn't just the shame of saying something so awful. They would never say it. Now, some people are out get just going off the deep end nowadays and it's awful. And I feel like it's that, that, that reinforcement of just typing anything that you want and then that's okay. Mm -hmm. And that's not okay. <laughs> it's no. terrible. It's, 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 it's inefficient from a time perspective and from a perspective of reaching a, a real solution to whatever whatever the question may be. Uh, it's just an ineffective message of our method of communication. And it's, a, it's amazing how dependent we are on it and how much we utilize it when it's the, le the, the least most effective form of communication that we have access to. Yeah. It's, uh, and then even and then a face to face is even better. You know, yes. and, yeah. and that's like in, in Zoom's been great with everything that's going on, but there's nothing different or better than like when we sat down and had breakfast. That was just unbelievable because we're right there next to each other. You feel each other's the energy that each, each other's putting off 
And you can really, that's when the connections happen. And that's where if we're really trying to communicate, if I'm trying to communicate with my wife, I go sit next to her on the couch and that's like the moment. That's that's, that's powerful, where the connections man. happen. And so. you know, in, in a real way, Jeff, it's, it, I can sense that in a real way because I can remember, picture, and visualize that morning that we had breakfast together. And I can I can remember and visualize sitting there at your bar in your kitchen while you made coffee in your Chemex. Like I can, but I can't remember the last time we talked on the phone. I have I have no recollection of it. So that no. just goes, I mean, to me, in my own mind, that just goes to show you how much more powerful those face-to-face -face interactions are. I mean, it's just, it's not, there's no comparison, dude. No, none, none so, whatsoever. Uh, I think, uh, you know, from a, from a, from an entrepreneurship or a business standpoint, it's take a, take a look, make a little more effort to have that that face to face meaningful interaction at a minimum a phone call but face to face if you can I know it's it takes a little more effort but it's going to be so much more valuable and the same goes for your relationships at home man I mean it's just a solid solid principle that I think that we all need to be a little more aware of thank you so much for putting that in there man I love <laughs> You're it welcome. I love it. And so Jeff, he as he as we go through he the next two chapters, he breaks communication down into basically two uh, different types: internal and external communication. And Jeff gives some really powerful examples of his own uh, when it comes to things like the power of the spoken word and how it has propelled him forward in some challenges that he's faced in life. I want you to read the book to, uh, to get those stories. I want you as he, as he breaks it down. Um, but I really like the way you broke that down, the importance of communication, the types of communication, and then the difference between internal and external and how to utilize those tools, man. Solid, solid job, brother. Uh, want to move on to, I guess the next topic here that I wanted to cover. Um, this one resonated with me again, big time. The title of the chapter is Don't Depend on Anyone Else to Develop You. And that's, that to me is so important, man, because the creed, our creed, a part of it uh, says that in the absence of orders, we, we will step up and lead. So in the absence of orders, in the absence of mentorship in the absence of leadership we will step up and lead and maybe it's not exactly what you said in the title here but it's it's to me it's a similar concept don't depend on anyone else to develop you uh, you are the master of your own ship and in the absence of orders you've got to have the courage to step up and lead or figure something out or, or, or develop a solution, whatever it may be. Um, and, you know, one of the most powerful sentences to me in this chapter is uh, toward the beginning of the chapter, and it says, one of the skills every leader looks for is self-discipline and self-initiative. Self-initiative. That is exactly what 
stepping up in the absence of orders is, right? Self-discipline, we can build self-discipline in a lot of different ways. Physical fitness is my personal favorite way to build self-discipline. But that self-initiative is so important. And I think it's so lacking. There are so many people. I'm not putting people down. I'm just, I just look around me. I just look around me. And I say, why do these people want a handout? Why do these people want something for, 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 for nothing? It's because it, it takes initiative out of the equation. They've, they've just become slaves of, of whatever system they're getting the handout from. Self-initiative is, is so key, and, it, and it's a, I don't want to say it's a dying trait, but it's being seen less and less, man. And well, because there's so much stuff that's just being fed us all the time. Yeah, man. Follow this and you'll have success. Do this and you'll have success. The next thing you know is people are sitting there going, well, nobody told me how to. Well, figure it out. Figure you know, people will send you a text message like, well, what's so-and-so? We, did you look for it <laughs> before you sent me a message for me to find it for you? And it's, it, you, you just see it more and more in society is that everybody just wants to get spoon-fed information, spoon-fed success in the business world. I can't tell you how many times people would whine and complain about not getting advanced, not getting a promotion. And then the question is, okay, what things did you do to get ready? Well, nobody helped me. Nobody gave me what I needed to do. Well, that's not, I mean, yes, that's kind of your supervisor's job to identify that, but why didn't you raise your hand and go, I'm not getting what I need. Can you please help me? And, and then if you still get the shoulder, don't go, well, nobody's going to help me. <laughs> it's like, pick up a book, pick up a phone, find a mentor, find a coach, do something because we are the only ones that are in charge of our destiny and nobody will care about our development. Nobody should care more about our development than ourselves. None. Uh, agreed. And, and, and in actuality, a, a true leader, a, a real leader, will actually not spoon-feed information to their employees or, or, or their, their, you know, whoever they're mentoring or what. They, they won't do that purposefully because you're actually cheating them. If, if you're a leader and you are spoon-feeding them and giving them all the answers all the time, you're cheating them out of, out, of, out of opportunities to take initiative and to build confidence and to become a leader. You know, and I don't know, man. And Jeff, I wanted to ask you too, brother, what are some of the things that you do in your life to really foster that self-discipline, man? Because you are a very disciplined guy. Everything from the way you make your coffee to the way your house is ordered to to your professional life to your family, you're very very disciplined. So, what do you do to foster that, man? It, it's it's that internal communication. It's me finding things that help me do that. So, it could be post-it notes around my mirror. It could be just a constant conversation. But it's being, for me, very self-aware of what my actions can lead to and everything that you do 
compounds into something else in your life. And so I, f- I feel like I read a book once and it was called Practicing in the Presence of God. And you really, I think about everything that I do, I do with God right over my shoulder. And so I need to make sure that I do the best job that I can. And when I don't, I literally ask for forgiveness. I repent. I pray for it at that moment because I know that I can give a little bit more. And what I'm learning is to, if I've given my, my best and I look back and I realize that I could have done something differently, I'm not beating myself up over it. So from a discipline perspective, it's, it's, I don't always have a plan for everything. I just try to be intentional and do what I can every time I'm doing something. And I'm, and not everybody responds that way. My wife's not like that in the sense of, you know, having a, a pattern with everything that you do in your life. She has her own methods that proves her successful. But for me, it's having discipline in certain areas will spill over into other areas. If I'm sloppy in one area, that kind of then spill over into another area and then I'll be sloppy in something else. And then if I allow that to continue, then it just, it unfolds in other parts of my life. That's solid, brother. That's solid. I love it, man. And two two key ingredients there, guys. If if you're looking looking to take some leadership over your life, your business, your your family, self discipline, and initiative, right? Two key ingredients. All right, let's move on, Jeff. All right, we're moving forward. The next one, the next chapter. Who do you surround yourself with? This is a deep, deep chapter. You go pretty deep in here. Um, You break it down in a really, really cool way. Jeff has broken this down into four different categories, uh, types of people, or not types of people, but categories of, of who you surround yourself with, your tribe, your mentors, your coaches, and your confidants. And he digs into each one of these aspects of the people you surround yourself, whether it's your tribe, your mentors, your coach, what they actually are, what the meaning of the word is, um, how you how you can how, how you can utilize them, how you can find them, the whole nine yards. It's really genius how you have broken this down, man. And again, we 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 don't have. We're obviously we're not going to read the whole chapter here. I just wanted to ask you, man, if you could just give us a few. Uh, examples uh, from either any of those four categories share with us kind of, you know, maybe uh, how that's applied in your own life, who your tribes are, who your tribe is, who your mentors have been, who your coaches have been, who your confidants have been, not every single one, but whatever stands out to you, man. Well, I, I, I have to start with the confidant one and that's my wife. And that's that, that one simple moment was what has shifted my life into where it's at today. And it was one of those things where that I had harbored so much stuff from way back when that just continued to compound, compound, compound over and over to the point where like I was at a breaking point. Like I was, I was done. I was tapped out and having her there and i'd never fully given myself even to her we had been married at the time if i could do the math it was like 12 years 
and um, and I and I'd always just still held something back, and I was just at that point where I sat down and. I'd love to use the example. I don't know if you ever saw the movie Goonies, but oh, Chunk yeah. talks about going up in the, like, well, in the third grade, I did this. And, and that's really was the moment that I had is I went back to childhood and it was just like one bullet point after another. I just rattled it all out. And Chad, I'm telling you, I never felt a burden lift off of me than when I was done. And she looked at me and was like, I'm still here. Wow, man. You know, and it was one of those things I was always, we talked about imposter syndrome. I had imagined if I tell her all this stuff, she's out the door. She's gone. I'm a weirdo. She's going to judge me. That's it. End of the story. We'll see you later. Yeah. And when she didn't, the power that I gained from her was incredible. Like our marriage got closer at that split second moment. We got closer. And, and it was because of her strength and her ability to, to extend grace and love towards me that allowed me to start the healing process of myself and for us to work together to work through things. And now she's legit my confidant, like nothing goes into my head that doesn't end up in her lap at some point. And she welcomes it and I'm getting better. And it's the same thing of what we can do with God is if you don't have that person next to you that you can sit next to the couch and get it all out at is you can do it with him. And he extends even greater amount of grace and a greater amount of love that anybody could ever imagine. So I've had people say, well, what happens if you don't have that person or if you do that and then they do bail? Well, that's not your fault. That has nothing to do with you. That has everything to do with them, their fear, their insecurities, where they're coming from. Doesn't necessarily mean they're a bad person. They've got their issues as well that may compound when you do that. So for me, confidant was the big one. Gotcha. The, the next one that was really, really big for me and still is, is the group. It's the tribe. Mm-hmm. And that's what I I pray for you and Blake and, and Brooke every single day for the the three of seven tribe that you guys have created and that continues to grow bigger and bigger. And I've had a incredible privilege of meeting people from the three of seven that, that found me from the first episode that we did that I've met them in person and it's incredible. And just the strength and the support that the like-minded people give you, you're like, Holy cow, I could, I could climb a mountain. I could climb Everest if I needed to. Yeah. And, and it's one of those things that I don't feel get enough notice because as society pushes us into our homes and we can't reach out and we can't gather, we've got to find a way to gather. And that's where, for me, social media gets a bad rap, but social media can also have tons of privileges that you've brought to my awareness because of the people that you've connected with. And then I followed you. And then next thing you know, is we're commenting and it's so cool. The network of people that have, have come from just that your logo, you know, you see your logo on somebody. There was a a gentleman Magnus from Iceland. And now I feel like we've built a pretty cool bond. And here's this guy in, in Iceland 
you know, and then there's a guy, David Falconer from Australia that, that found me and found you. And, and it's just, it's so cool when you get that, like, as soon as I see that, that they're a three of seven person or enough said person, I, I swell up in a positive way. I get excited about seeing that. And with the, with groups and tribes, we're not, we're social beings and we shouldn't try to isolate ourselves. And that's where the more you can get involved with people. And that's why all these different um, activities are so critical that if you're not able to get out, find people that you can connect with in a, that, that are positive. Because the same thing as we've seen on the news can happen in a negative aspect. If you align yourself to the wrong people, and I go back to what my mom always said, is one bad apple spoils the bunch and be careful who you hang out with. And that's never been more true that you can get sucked into that a lot quicker in the negativity spiral than you can in the positivity spiral. And that's what's been neat is over the course of the uh, the COVID stay at home and all these things is just finding like-minded positive people and figuring out how we can pour things out. I've, I've got a couple of buddies that are part of the positivity tribe and that's what we want to push. And, and it's been incredible to see the power that when you have good people come together, what can happen and what can be done. Yep. Yep. No, that's, and I got a few points. You brought up a lot of, a lot of really good ones on there. First of all, you'll have a lot of people, uh, myself included that will say, well, Jeff just said we are social beings. Well, not me. You know, I'm a, I'm an, I'm an introvert. I've classified myself as an introvert and I don't want to be around big groups and, and this and that. And I used to be, I used to have that mindset, right? If you would have just told me that I was a social being, I would have just closed that comment off. Like I'd have been like, well, that's, this doesn't, a tribe thing doesn't apply to me. Right. Um, I'm going to tell you what broke me from that mindset. I went out on a solo mission for uh, about six days on the Appalachian Trail by myself. And I'm going to tell you right now, by the third day, I wanted to talk to somebody so freaking bad. It was driving me insane. Like, I, I, and I hadn't, it was, it was, there was nobody out there. Like there were, I hadn't seen any other hikers or I was kind of, I was, I was, you know, going off kind of spur trails off the AT. So there wasn't a lot of traffic coming through there. And I realized in that moment, I was like, man, I, we are human beings are social beings, whether you want to classify yourself as an introvert or not, go out, go ahead, go out for five or six days into the wilderness if if you if you're trained properly, don't do this if you don't know what you're doing, but go out there where you're not going to see anyone else and see how long it takes before you're like, "Dang, I wish I would see another hiker out here just so I can have a dang conversation." It 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 happens, man. Like it it we really are in the tribe that Jeff is talking about. It's that thing not only from a, a social perspective, but it's also gives you something that's bigger than yourself, which is so important, man. And that's what the SEAL teams were. Um, that's what that's what three of seven project is. It's three of seven project is is you guys are the body of it. This is this 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 whole my my whole the the whole brand is modeled 
off of the the principles of the Bible. The you know the Bible talks about how we as as followers of Christ, we are the body of the church, the body of Christ, right? Um, we each have certain strengths and weaknesses. We each have certain purposes and gifts, and that's what three of seven is is modeled after. I can't I can't improve on on the model that God gave us. You guys are the body of it, man, and and it will shift and flow and and grow and, and change only because of you guys, not because of me. You know, it's that tribe is bigger than yourself, and that's that is key, man. That is so key. So, something to think about. Yeah. It, well, it, and <laughs> it, what's amazing, you were talking about being alone, is there were times in my life up until just recently, I couldn't be in the house without the TV on. Like, I needed noise because yeah. a lot of that is I didn't, I didn't like what was going on in between my ears. And so, you talk about being a social being is, is going out. You're forced to deal with a lot of stuff that you may not be ready to, to deal with. And for me, that's the support that people provide, you know, is, is being able to talk to them and be able to, to share stories, have compassion, feel well, that, compassion. And all I, that. and I wonder if that's not a, a big reason why uh, so many people now are classifying themselves as introverts and saying they don't want to get out and, you know, be amongst people and they don't want to be part of a tribe uh, first of all, tribal tribal community and, and and you know that that stuff goes back to the beginning of humanity. Um, so I, I think that it's a fairly new concept for us as human beings to want to 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 identify as introverts or identify as somebody that wants to be isolated. And I wonder if if that isn't because so many of us don't ever really experience true isolation. If you've got yeah. your dang cell phone, if you've got your dang television, you're not isolated. Go somewhere where you are truly isolated. Nothing to distract you from you. And see how yeah. long it takes before you want to sit down and, and just say hello to someone. How you doing, man? <laughs> right. It, it don't right. take long. I don't, I don't care who you are. Um <laughs> All right, we're gonna we're gonna finish this off, Jeff. Um, we've kind of went through here, and the I told you this book flows very well. And the the last chapter of the book, Jeff goes into setting the proper course. So setting your heading, knowing which direction you want to go, and and setting that goal for yourself, setting that proper course, and then how to execute it. Um, so this was a very fitting end to the book. You've provided all this value in the front end, all these principles in the front end, and now we now you dig into how to set the proper course. And you break it down. Um, you know, you've got you've got the pyramid that you've designed where you talk about the goals, strategies, and tactics. You break each of those down uh, in solid ways to where we can understand what each of those mean, how to set a goal, how to come up with a strategy, how to apply the tactics. That makes total sense to me because my time in the SEAL teams, um, but other people need to get a grasp on that because that's, that's what it takes to accomplish a mission, period. Um, and the, the portion of this chapter that I had highlighted is where you say, if you want to unleash your potential, you need to know 
how you are today versus yesterday so you can plan for tomorrow. Break that down for me, brother, real quick, because that, that, that was that was pretty powerful. Well, and, and it goes back to what we've talked about. For me, it's, it's being aware of who you were <clears throat> can help you set the course to who you want to be. And until you figure that out, well, let me rephrase that because I hate telling people what to do. For me, that's what I learned is if I didn't know where I came from, how do I know where I want to go? And that's where you've talked about it with reading a compass and land navigation is if you don't know where you came from, how do you plot a course to make sure you're on the right path? I, love I mean, that. I don't, I don't know anything about land navigation, but I know that much that if I don't know where I was just walking from, how do I know where I'm going to? You have to and, know where you're at. You have to, in land nav, you have to know your, your starting location before you can navigate to anywhere. Yeah. So that, and it's the same thing and the same principles that most of us want to, let me rephrase that, where I would always ignore where I was coming from, but I knew I wanted to go somewhere. And so where I had somewhat of a general idea of where I wanted to go, I wasn't real specific on the outcome. And then I would get disappointed if I didn't reach the place that I wanted, that I thought I needed to go, but I don't know where I was headed. And if all of a sudden I ended this far over to the left, it's probably because I didn't accept where I was coming from. So I couldn't adjust my course as I went down through life. And that's, for me, what's becoming more clear is owning where you came from and then working right now on the, the, you know, where your feet are like, you know, pay attention where your feet are right at this moment. And then that will help you continue down the path. So then you ultimately can get where you want to go. That's solid brother. Uh, the, the land nav kind of, um, I, I guess reference really put that into perspective and into concrete for me. Cause I mean, that's a, that's a tangible principle that resonates with me when I'm out there with a map and compass before I, before I can, before I can set my course, I got to know where I'm at and to know where I'm at, I got to know where I came from. Right. I've got, I've got to have that, that starting point, man. And that's uh that's solid, dude. That's, that's some deep stuff, Jeff. <laughs> that's some deep stuff, man. Dude, I, I want to thank you so much for for putting this together man for us for for everybody that is going to read this for me personally thank you for having the courage and taking the initiative to put this on paper man yeah i mean it's just it's solid it's solid work thank you i i i really appreciate it. it means a lot you know how much i think of you and and your words and so that means a ton and then for me it was just the it was the what what adam saw just in a, a few phone calls that he and i had to encourage and that's where it, you know it's so important to encourage somebody when you see something in them that they may not see themselves or you see them fighting to hold that back just encourage somebody <clears throat> it was simple. His, it wasn't poetic. It was, you need to write a book. <clears throat> that, but that was it. That's yeah. all he said. And then he helped coach me through, but it was that those words of encouragement that provided so much that I have to give him credit for that 
because he could have just, you know, gone through the motions of what I wanted him to, but he was so passionate and felt so strong to encourage me to do that, that I, I, you know, I have to give him thanks for that because I would have continued down what we talked about earlier of just, nope, nobody wants to see this. Nobody wants to see this. And it's been incredible to see where it's at out of 8 million books. I mean, it's not number one. It's not, you know, up there where some of these big authors are, but for little old me, it's really cool. And it's really cool to see what it's been able to do and help people, the stories that help people. I had one guy, he reached out <clears throat> and he was excited because he's like, I, I've not smoked a cigarette in 12 days. That's and solid. I was like, I was like, what? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I, I, he's like, I heard you on a podcast. I bought your book and I'm now, <clears throat> I'm 12 days not smoking. And it's just incredible when you hear little things like that, that I may have given him more time with his family because of something I said about my dad and my situation in here has encouraged him to not do something that he knew he should have not been doing. Yep. And now maybe I've given him some more time with his family. And it's just, it's so cool the, the work that God's doing through this book because it's not me. It's like you were saying with all this stuff that's going on, nothing in this book is me. It's the things that he has helped me understand that I need to tell so it will help somebody else. Yep. But guess what? You had the self-discipline <laughs> and the initiative to do it, right? Yep. There's two key components that we just talked about, man. And, um, yeah, I'll, I'll agree with you on Adam. Adam's a solid dude. Um, any of our listeners, I hope you know who Adam is because he, he, he is, he's solid, uh, on, on all, on all fronts. So brother, anything else that you want to share with us? I, I, I do want you obviously, uh, before you get off to talk about where people can purchase the book and also where people can find and follow you. But is there anything else about the book, about the journey, about the content that you want to share with the listeners, man, because I mean, I basically just went over a, at a very high level the parts that were impactful, super impactful to me. There's so much more in here that we obviously can't go over on a podcast without spending four hours. But I want to give you the opportunity if there's anything that I missed that you were adamant about putting out there to the audience, man. That, that, that everybody, <clears throat> there's not one way to do things. And that if you can find any encouragement in this book to take that self-discipline and take that initiative to work on yourself, create your own path, find somebody that help, can help guide you, but make your own path because you'll be way more proud of the result when you're done because <clears throat> you did it. And it wasn't that you took and you followed this graph that, that by doing this, that's where I'm at. The, the, the last thing I would say is that tell your story. Doesn't matter if it's on in a book, if it's talking to your kids, if it's talking to a friend, tell your story because everybody, you have something in you that everybody can relate to and benefit from. And through, I'm living proof of that is that it just get it out there and, and tell your story. That's what I hope people will do. Solid word, brother. Solid word. I love it, man. And Find you, follow you. Where can people get the book? Yeah. So the, the easiest way to follow me is right now is on Instagram and it's an easy 
handle. It's Jeff and then four, the number four, Esther. So it's my name, Jeff Forrester. So Jeff for Esther, that's on Instagram. And then you can buy the book anywhere. So you can buy it on Amazon, Target, Walmart, anywhere books are sold online. And then also um, they can order one from me. And I wanted to extend this out is that if they reach out and they say, um, they can hit me up on Instagram, email, whatever, <clears throat> or if they contact you and they they heard this, that I'll send them a signed copy for normally it's a, it's $20, but I'll give it $3 off. So $3 for you. So and then it's $17. And so I'll give them a signed copy um, straight for me for 17 bucks if they just say that they heard it on three to seven. Thank you, Jeff. That's amazing, man. And uh they can't get it. They can't get a copy number zero zero seven though, can they? No, they cannot. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. Thank you for extending that to uh, to the listeners, dude. I hope you guys go out and follow Jeff. Um, I hope you buy his book and you go through it. You read his stories. You dig into the principles. Uh, he is a solid dude. Uh, I'm here to give him some third party credibility right off the bat. This is somebody that I know personally, uh, that I trust. Uh, that I've spent time with and that I know walks the walk. He doesn't just talk the talk. He walks the walk. So, um, yeah, take it for what it is. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. This is the 3 of 7 podcast. Enough said.